It's time for Talk With on 1430 WNAP and 99.9 FM in the city. An opportunity to speak with various government, political, and community leaders about the issues that affect you. Each week, we interview the newsmakers in Anne Arundel County, Queen Anne's County, and our state leaders. Now, here's the host of Talk With, WNAV News Director, Rita Rich. to talk with. I'm Rita Rich and thank you for being my guest on the radio. I am wearing a mask. Uh, that's why I'm sounding muffled. I'm in a, one of our favorite studios here at WNAV with uh, Jane Schlegel. And uh, on the phone is the Crisis Response Call Center Supervisor in Anne Arundel County, Kim Vaughn. And uh, Kim, thank you for being here with us. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. All righty. You know, before I was news director, and I've been news director since August of 2019, Jane Schlegel was the news director. When did you leave the, that position, Jane? Uh, I want to say it was uh, 2017, July. Okay. Uh, mm, mm, no, that's not right. No, uh, you'd have mm, to be 2019. 2019. 2019. Yeah. So maybe a month before I came on board. Right. And uh, I met you because I interviewed Donna Cole for a story I was doing for a podcast. Ancient history, they needed a news director. And um, and it's kind of, now you're back. You're working in radio again, part-time, uh, helping us out, doing afternoon newscasts because I've been the regular morning gal with Bill Lesby in Good Morning Annapolis. So I wanted to ask, was there a particular reason why you just couldn't do the news director thing? There were a lot of different things that happened in my personal life, and they sort of um, layered upon layer in a, a, for me, what was a short amount of time, and didn't really have time to process some griefs. Lost my mother in 2017, 2018 unexpectedly I lost my brother that was also the year of the Capitol Gazette shooting um, of course media I don't have to tell you has changed the job of a journalist has changed social media has uh, uh, placed us in a precarious position of having to use it while it is sometimes an unreliable and fake news carrier so a uh, lot of things were working on me at that time but uh, the uh, loss of the capital when I went over there that day on June 28th in the afternoon I had done the morning shift mm -hmm. came back down because of the uh, mass shooting and uh, uh, had a chance to see national media in action because of course that type of story drew a huge crowd and I was incensed at one point and embarrassed probably in about the same moment at the way they treated our officials, first responders, um, just the yelling back and forth. I didn't want to be part of that, didn't want to be affiliated with anyone who would do that and uh, decided that I was going to be leaving. Uh, within uh when i could work it out wow i didn't real you know i um 
My husband, I'm a widow, my husband died December 2017, and the reason I took the job was to get out of my own head. And also, it, it was nice to, to, you know, be around people. Mm -hmm. I worked out of a home office, uh, partly so I can care for him. I was a caregiver. Um, so, it's amazing how the Gazette, the Capital Gazette massacre affected people in different ways. Kim, is there anything that you want to add that you're noticing or feeling, hearing Jane describe her, her visceral emotions? Yeah, what I um, noticed most was she said layered upon layers. And we see that often when people call into the warm line or maybe they're struggling too much and don't take that step first. But they just have different trauma and it adds on if they don't handle the first one whether it be grief or the capital gazette or um just family issues underlying mental health they don't handle it then it starts to pile on and becomes too difficult to manage without seeking outside help and there's there's different signs and symptoms that you can recognize and different avenues that you can take to reach out to receive help when it does become too much um, with that being said, the biggest place to start for within Anne Arundel County is our warm line, and that number is 410-768-5522. We do operate 24-7. We have phone counselors on the line at all times ready to answer your calls, and we can link you to mental health resources, grief resources, substance abuse resources, Financial. or we could really just be that emotional support over the phone. Mm. You know, Jane was making a joke, but not really. A lot of people, <laughs> yes, are having financial difficulties, and you might not be able to help people get a job, but maybe you can help them figure out how to manage. Can you? Absolutely. So we we definitely don't have the funds to help financially, but we have the resources. So if you're struggling with getting connected to mental health or grief or anything like that, we do have funds that we can help cover some of the initial costs to get you there. There's also the food access warm line that might have additional financial resources. So there things are out there. You can just start with by calling the warm line and then we can direct you to the right place. That was a nice thing that I know that um, County Executive Pittman did was he expanded the use of that one number the food access warm line yes yeah that's cool let me give that number again it's 410-768-5522 let's take a short break this is talk with on 1430 wnav jane schlegel is in me in the studio with me and kim vaughn is a crisis response call center supervisor on the phone don't go away to talk with uh, long-running public affairs shows on 1430 99.9 .9 FM WNAV Annapolis. I'm Rita Rich. With me in studio is Jane Schlegel, who also works for WNAV News. On the phone is a crisis response call center supervisor for Anne Arundel County. Her name is Kim Vaughn. Kim, you wanted to clarify a couple of telephone numbers. Yes, so for Anne Arundel County Warmline, which is where I work and have the 24-7 phone counselors, among other behavioral health services for the county, is 410-768-5522.
Another one that can be used right now is the Food Access Warm Line, and they may have other information such as food assistance, housing utility, children and family support, and financial. That number is 410-222-3663. We are both working together, and we can refer to either line depending on your needs. Mm -hmm. So please, whichever number you heard and can take down, call that one, and we will direct you and get you the help that you do need. Great. Thank you very much. You know, after a while, we become adults. The children move away if we have children. Uh, the parents, unfortunately, are mortal. They're not around to, to give that love that we've lived with for so long and, and grown to depend on for all these decades of having our parents, if we're lucky. And the family kind of, well, scatters. This is the new America. We, we don't keep the kids living here in Maryland as much as we'd like to or or in my case, New York, we have to move elsewhere for opportunities. What kind of stresses come, have you seen, Kim, about the family structure breaking down? Well, I think that's more so now with COVID as well. Like that just adds on to it because if we're already not together, we can't come together for these holidays coming up because of COVID. And that may be the family's few times of year where they do bring everyone together to try to get that support. So right now it's again coupled and people are seeing heightened anxiety, um, increased levels of depression. And with that being said, we, we want to be mindful of the signs and symptoms of it and knowing when it becomes too much to uh, handle on our own and reach out. So just thinking of it, when it becomes too much, you're looking at fatigue, uh, lack of concentration, increased irritability or restlessness, racing thoughts, basic worries that are just increasing, different fears popping up. When you start to notice that those are taking more time of your day, it's time to reach out and get someone to support you. We do know that anxiety can be good. There's some small levels of it that keep us aware, keep us on our toes and alert. Um, but then there's different types of anxiety that start to impact impact our daily functioning and with limited time to gather because of covid that means we need to be resourceful and look to other ways to reach out for that help so we're talking not only picking up the phone but reaching out to neighbors maybe the across the street neighbor you haven't talked to in three years but heck it's a start absolutely um going back to the basics like writing a letter too if you're if you're not close you can write that, that's very low cost, send that across and, and just kind of be pen pals back and forth or make meals for neighbors that you know are elderly or alone and then drop them off on their front porches, you know, with contact lists, but still checking in on them and giving them that support and letting them know that they're thought of. Small gestures go a long way now, you know, during the holidays and during this COVID period. Mm. All right. There are times when people just feel well, here's a typical day in our newsroom. We have technical snafus going on, and we're running around trying to make it all work without things being normal. It can happen when somebody's car breaks down or the tire blows and you're rushing to get somewhere. It can happen when, let's say, you run out of batteries for your remote control. Suddenly, the stuff that you depend on 
and have it's been routine easy become much more difficult and you panic you just panic what what do you do about a panic attack uh you couldn't be any more true the the little small things seem to be huge things at this time because we're a little isolated or we already have that underlying stress from covid so when those things pop up it's really about taking a moment to breathe being less hard on yourself being a little more flexible and understanding for yourself but giving yourself that moment to breathe panic attacks they are scary and they resemble like heart attacks you start to have fast breathing troubled breathing you start to sweat you start to shake (laughs) Mm -hmm. and all those symptoms if you could just take a moment and you breathe if you feel like you can't breathe you take a moment to look at your surroundings and try to think about what you see to slow your train of thought while distracting you from that whatever that situation was that kind of set you off there's this old song, you always hurt the one you love. <laughs> and when things get weird, you kind of, well, you lash out at whoever's around. Things get screwed up. You know, the boss pissed you off, you go home and you you, you don't kick the cat. You start yelling at your husband for no reason. Um, have you gotten a lot of calls about suddenly I don't know my own spouse or my own boyfriend or girlfriend. They're just going crazy on me. Yes, we do have a lot of calls where there's relationship or spousal issues. And it's really becoming displaced anger because, like you just said, it could be you're frustrated from work or you're just overstressed and you feel like you just did the groceries and had to take them all in. So now you're just going to lash out at the next person you see your husband your child and it's really about taking that step back and like I said earlier being understanding that so much is going on that people are running on empty or they're hanging in there by a thread and if you understand and show that empathy that support and love to others one it will help you feel good but it will also help reduce the anxiety the stress the built-up tension within your relationships. I think one of the reasons why we're doing this, this show, is to show people that they're not alone. You know, we we all experience this stuff, especially younger people. They haven't had much life experience, but, man, do they think they know it all. And they're going through all this crap like adults are. And, uh, you know, what do you say to people who are way younger than, than me and Jane who are just totally out of sorts because their their life is topsy-turvy without having the the school to go to every day. So they're expecting or they're receiving changes, and our generation or the youngers are so used to being able to go out all the time and engage in social interactions or just um, sport activities, school in person, They are so used to that, so obviously this isolation is taking a toll on them, and they are not the only ones. I'm telling you, there's tons of people on the boat, the same boat as you are, and it's becoming resourceful of creative ways. Can you Zoom? Can you FaceTime? Can you create email chains of trivias? Can you do 
social gatherings outside, small people doing social distance appropriately, but still being able to tend to that need of, of being engaged with others. And that's where you have to be creative and willing to allow yourself time to find those type of activities. All right, we need to take another break. You've been listening to Kim Vaughn, the Crisis Response Call Center Supervisor for Anne Arundel County. The number four crisis response, the warm line, is 410-768-5522. Jane Schlegel is also in the studio for me. Not nearly sharing as much, Jane. Let's take a break and we'll hear more from you. This is Top. On the phone is Kim Vaughn, the Crisis Response Call Center Supervisor for Anne Arundel County. And she is on the phone. In studio with me is Jane Schlegel, who was the news director but needed to take some time off and and cope about, well, learn how to cope with all the stuff that's been going on and and, uh, your family history of, I, I suppose, depression. Well, there was depression in the family history, um, and I found out later on w- how tangled the web was that was woven, and the, mm, some surprises there, um, some not, but as you can see from the spreadsheet, I come from a very large family, yeah. and I mentioned my mother's passing in 2017, and at that point, uh, mm, things sort of splintered with family members uh, in one camp or another and uh, lawsuits have been filed. Oh my goodness. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, this is 2020 and uh, there's still some in-house bickering, if you will. Um, Yeah, well, uh, you know, it, it, it sounds very much like your mom was like my mom. She was the son that everybody else orbited around and she kept you from knocking into each other. Well, I just uh, was unaware that there were so many hurtful feelings and it appears to have been things that was historical during their growing up years. And I think at stress times, uh, people lashing out, those things that you think happened when you were in sixth grade and you're still talking about it that's not healthy and i think Mm -hmm. that there were a lot of unresolved issues that sort of percolated and then boiled over and um it's caused real divisiveness within the family where there is still um you know people that are family members that don't speak to each other whom have lost that connection and don't mind it at all but one of the things that I wanted to mention was I didn't leave WNAV without a plan Mm -hmm. I I knew that I being as young as I am at 62 would need to work a few more years and reached out to connections and um, at the point of uh, the end of July after I left July 1st I was exchanging my resume references and being asked an available date for an interview with a state agency and after I submitted my resume letters of references and availability dates for the interview I was never called back huh so that was a bit of a setback 
because that, that was be, my plan A. Uh, that would be, um, well, I would feel smacked around after that. Yeah, that kind of did it. And then there was the job with the Department of Health um, to work as a school health assistant, which is something that I did in the past. And uh, also there was the grocery store job that I looked at myself in little apron and went in the bathroom and vomited. So that didn't work out very well. Um, so I, I, needless to say that I was trying to be assertive in making alternate plans and ended up going to the VA because I'm a veteran mm -hmm. for some health, uh, mental health and some job training assistance through their programs after I went to the Anne Arundel County Workforce Development and things didn't pan out well for me there. So I, you know, was making what I thought was every effort to move forward and uh, hitting brick walls on all sides. Any reaction, Kim? Yeah, I picked up on what Jane saying that family was harboring on these resentments from when they were child children and growing up. And you see that people start to develop these negative coping mechanisms and whether that be avoidance, and they must have avoided family members and avoided that issue to still be harboring onto it and now look something comes up many years later and they're lashing out or, or they're still not having processed or resolved it. And it's like so, passive so, aggressive uh, in the big city. <laughs> you know, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> and I hate to use the word crazy, but um, it does appear that, you know, people don't know how to grieve and don't share that and um i think a lot of it has to do with pride and kim you could probably speak to this but i know for me it was so humiliating to have to ask for help over and over and over again that was not a familiar place for me you do see that many people have that pride they have that mentality that they're strong and independent and if asking if they ask for help then that somehow shows that they're weak and incapable there's the mental health stigma still that goes around there's so many things that are perceived as barriers and we want to make sure that we are normalizing that sometimes life just becomes too much to handle alone and it's okay to reach out for that help and it is actually a level of strength to be able to reach out to know when to reach out and to allow others to begin to help you. And Avoiding suicide. and people out is that negative coping skill. Mm -hmm. Meaning that we can do it all on our own. It's, life isn't meant for that. I um, heard a recent statistic that men are more prone to committing suicide, which I must say from, and I'm speaking from the place where I am, I'm not a psychologist, I'm not a counselor, I've been through some programs, I'm helping myself to get healthy, but I would say that uh, men, uh, it's selfish. Suicide is the permanent end to a temporary problem, regardless of what it is and how insurmountable you may think you are the only one going through this. You're not. And that's one of the reasons I said to Rita, we need to bring this conversation out in the open. I mean, most people would say I was a pretty upbeat person, but I'm just saying it can 
happen to anyone and you have to mm. humble yourself and ask for help it and absolutely can happen to anyone mental health grief substance use it doesn't put itself on one race or or one generation it is across the board it can happen to anyone at any time you don't have to have years of having a mental health diagnosis for something to happen to you and stop you dead in your tracks and put you on the ground reaching out for help. It happens and it unfortunately is, is normal. You know, it, it happens to all of us so you're not the only one in the boat, but reach out for that help. You are not alone. It is just a temporary situation. There's help out there. There's light on the other side. And what seems to happen is people are just stuck in that moment. They don't see that other light. They become impulsive, and that's where you see the, the suicidal attempts, you know, start to increase and come into play. And people, it, people there's help you know, there. There, there was a, a, a young musician who was battling addiction and died from an overdose last week. Um, and uh, I think pe- during this time, this very extreme, not normal time, people... Are looking for any relief they can get from mm-hmm. from the blues, but it's poison. Yes, and and with COVID, we've seen an increase in substance abuse calls. Call you know into our warm line. We've seen an increase in those that have been struggling and in recovery start to relapse because they're isolating more. They now have those financial struggles where they can't pay for the medication that they need to help them with their substance use. They can't pay for their recovery home and they're finding themselves back on the streets or a number of things. But COVID's putting these added stressors on and you're seeing an increase in it. But we have those substance abuse resources to be able to help. Are they free? They are. So we offer a safe station program right now that you, anyone can show up to any fire station, police station in Anne Arundel County, say they want substance abuse help, and the station calls into our warm line, and we ask the questions, we get someone out there, and we get them help. Yeah, well, let's go through what a person experiences. I call the warm line, uh, and I'm, I'm just feeling like I want to drive my car off a bridge, just an extreme example. What are some of the things that you first say to me when I call and I'm, I'm desperate, I'm sounding very upset? Are you by yourself? Right. We have, we have questions that we have to ask. Are you having thoughts of wanting to kill yourself? If you are, have you created a plan of how you would kill yourself? Do you have the means to be able to carry out that plan? Are you by yourself? Do you have a history of having these thoughts or previous attempts? What's kept you from acting before? And really just through those questions, we're trying to also have a dialogue that we engage with them. We draw them in to connect with us, give them that connection, so that way that helps decrease the impulsivity and the suicidal thoughts. Depending on what the answers are and what information we get, we're going to get help out to you. And that could look like first initially a patrol officer who can respond much quicker and then maybe our CIT team, which is our crisis intervention team, an officer trained in mental health paired with a clinician, or our mobile team, which is two clinicians. 
but we're going to engage with you on the phone. We're going to check in on you, find out what's going on with you in the moment, what's causing you to feel this way, what are you looking for, what are you struggling with, what do you want, and we'll keep you on the line until we get you help, until we get you to a place where you feel safe. Now, let me, let me jump in because the crisis intervention team was something that the Anne Arundel County Police won awards for, but they're still police, yeah. right? Yes. Yeah, so well, our crisis intervention team is made up of the patrol officers and clinicians. Okay. So they have to go through, like, significant training. They have a um, CISM, which is Critical Incident Stress Management Training, the crisis intervention week-long training, and they're paired with our clinicians. So that is what makes up the crisis intervention team, and that's what, what won that national award. Okay, so if a person comes in a uniform and let's say you're um, a minority or a, a subset of community that has been taught growing up to distrust people in uniforms, police uniforms, um, are there alternatives to sending a person who wears a uniform out to a scene? Let's say uh, a Latino community or even a historically black one because of recent headlines I bring this up. That's a great question, Absolutely. Rita. Yes, Jane, that was a wonderful question, Rita. So our officers that are on our crisis intervention team, they have a softer uniform. They don't come in the, the typical Anne Arundel County or Annapolis police um, uniform. So it's a softer uniform. They're coming in unmarked cars, and they're coming with a clinician. So their approaching, approach is much softer. Um, are they still police? Yes but they have a clinician that's trained in mental health with them so they can work together to address the needs of the caller, the community, where they're at. All right. Well, thank you for answering all of our questions. I think we've pretty much covered it for now. We can always come back to this topic because I think people really like to listen, even if they don't think it's about them. <laughs> they're still going to listen. There's somebody in the family who needs help. I've been talking. They know someone, yep, the conversation sparked in them. They know someone that now they can reach out to and give these resources to. All right. Well, let me give out a couple of phone numbers, and if people have a pencil ready, this is for the food access and job service referral urine crisis in Anne Arundel County. They're trying to do what they can for you. The first number is for the Anne Arundel County warm line for food access and, and job search. And if you have problem with paying your rent or utilities, these folks will help you. Here's the number, 410-222-3663. 410-222-3663. Now in Maryland, you can dial 211. And depending where you're at, you'll get to some counties warm line for emotional behavioral services. So you can dial 211 in Anne Arundel County and help, they'll probably refer you to Anne Arundel County's warm line for behavioral services and the to the crisis response call center, the center that Kim Vaughn supervises here in Anne Arundel County. So that number, direct line, if you don't wanna dial 211, you just wanna dial a different county nine, is 410 Seven six eight five five two two four ten seven six eight five five two two, 
And of course, there's always 911. And the safe station is, is really cool because they're not going to arrest you for confessing that you used uh, some illegal substance. You know, if you need help, get it, please. This is Talk With. Uh, Jane Schlegel is in the studio with me. Thank you, Jane, for sharing so much. Kim Vaughn again on the phone. I'm Rita Rich. Tune in next week. You've been listening to Talk With on 1430 WNAV and 99.9 FM in the city. A weekly program focusing on various government, political, and community leaders speaking about the issues that affect you. Join us again next Monday afternoon at 2 for Talk With on your hometown station, 99.9 FM and 1430 WNAV.